Back to procedural generations, everybody. Hey, jumping right into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, episode two or three well, of three. season one mm-hmm. of uh, procedural generation, and uh, we're talking about Mass Effect. Is it generation or generations? Generations. Okay. I, I dropped. I, I said the S, but I, it like generations. It was mm-hmm. so, 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 okay. So, just so you know, first this episode's about grammatical corrections. This <laughs> is what your grandma does. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we've been talking about the Mass Effect series in our Bioware season, which is mostly Mass Effect. Yes, um, mostly. And last episode was about Mass Effect 1. Um, this episode is about Mass Effect 3. Drum roll. <laughs> Just kidding. It's about Mass Effect 2, because we can do math. Because we're, we're linear. Um, so yeah, uh-huh. we just fought Saren uh-huh. and then the, and the Reaper, Sovereign. We found out the Reapers Saren, are Sovereign. coming, and they really are a real thing. Okay, so now refresh my memory, okay? And this is totally spoiler alert. If you're going to play, then don't listen. But it, I promise you... Uh, yeah, this game came out in like 2011. Yeah, you yeah, should, yeah. You and so stop. your statute of limitations is up, so sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> so the game starts... It's the best thing. It came out in 2012. That's the best thing, hearing my grandma tell you to just deal with it. Go just ahead. deal with it. Okay, so you wake up in a lab. Oh, no. No, no, oh, no. no wait. Mass Effect 2 starts with easily one of the most dramatic Wait a minute, back it up. Yeah, back it up. So, your ship, your beautiful ship that you are the commander of, the Normandy uh, SR-1, is attacked and blown to bits. Oh, yeah, you lose fast. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you you might be able to win. No, you you, you you lose it. And it's torn to bits, and you struggle to, as a, you're just completely damaged and shredded, you get to the cockpit. Remind me now, so I, I'm. So you're doing your best to get everybody off the ship. You get them into um, uh, escape pods, and you're going to get Joker because Joker is your pilot, and he has brittle bone. Yeah, he's got a brittle bone disease, and he can't. And so, like, he's walk. he's hurt, uh-huh. and so you throw him into the last escape pod, and yeah. he's like, "What are you doing?" And you hit and the you, button and you launch hit the button, it. He's gone. So there, that leaves you, and you die. That's such a reduction of the actual event. So the ship explodes, mm-hmm. and you get you're left floating in space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after this whole segment of like parts of the ship carved open, and you walking, yes. and you're struggling. You yes. walking through the ship on like uh, environmental in an environmental suit mm-hmm. while like stuff's going on, mm-hmm. and then you get hit by a final explosion and get thrown out of the ship, mm-hmm. and then you watch as Shepard starts to suffocate in his suit because it's venting her, air. Her suit. Or her suit, sorry. <laughs> as it's venting air. And then you watch them plummet through the atmosphere of a planet. And like... I did not remember that part. Oh, yeah. The the final mm-hmm. the final bit of that cutscene zooms out while Shepard's writhing in space. And like starting to show heat signature of like atmospheric, mm-hmm. atmospheric entry. Mm-hmm. And then it jumps right in. Like, guys... That game starts with the character you just spent 50 hours with dying, yeah. and you can't control it, and it's in the first five minutes. Yeah. Um, but then that launches right into a cutscene of Shepard's recovery. You're, their, you're not their, dead. Their body being recovered, right. and then like 
just like science to the max rebuilding yeah. Shepard from basically bones and stem cells up. Right. And, um, and you don't know how much uh, biotic intervention there has been on you. You just have your consciousness. You just realize that you're you. Yeah. But there is um, a crisis and you have to be revived quicker than they would have liked. They wanted you to recover yeah. some more and you have to grab a gun and you have they to fight. They get attacked by somebody. Yeah. You have to fight your way off the ship. So that's how the game starts. Just like, bam. Yeah. All right. So then help me remember, because it's been a while. So that, okay. After we get off the ship, I meet, um, what's his hunk? What's his name? <laughs> what's his hunk? Yeah, the black guy. Jacob. Jacob. Jacob, Jacob, he's such a solid, he's such a solid uh, soldier. You meet, you meet uh, what's his hunk, Jacob oh, Taylor. Oh, yeah, Jacob, he's such a solid character, straight up moral guy. Um, and you find out. <laughs> you said, what's his hunk? I can't I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's amazing. I just can't get over how, how funny that was. <laughs> um, and you, yeah. and he. And so, you get woken up by Miranda. You get woken up by Miranda, who you, you find out later, okay, you work really hard at creating loyalty. Okay, we'll get to that. Okay, okay. Don't even, yeah, All let's right. not do that yet. All right, um, sure. So, okay, so you fight your way through this first battle scene mm-hmm. when the ship is invaded. And um, then when do you meet. Um, Martin Sheen? What's his character's name? The Elusive Man. The Elusive Man. When do you meet uh, the Elusive Man? At the end of that first mission. Okay, that's what I thought. So yeah, essentially you find out that you've been revived by an organization called Cerberus, who have been deemed by the council to be a terrorist organization. (laughs) So that's a great start. Right. Um, And because they saved your life and spent trillions of dollars bringing you back, they ask for some... uh, Payback. Some some tit for tat. Mm -hmm. Yes. But you also are led to believe that your goals are the same, that... Even though they are mercenaries, um, yeah, they, mercenaries are just guns for hire. They need to hide right. by the and, right people. But they have the same goal that you have. They've convinced you. Elusive Man convinces you that the council won't listen to you about the Reapers, but we believe you. Yep. And we, if you team up with us, that we will do something substantive together. Yep. And he builds. He puts together a, a, a file full of dossiers, and you go out and hunt down mm-hmm. a team, mm-hmm. including. Some members from the last game. Mm-hmm. Um, you find Liara. You find, uh, or not Rex. Rex is so great. I love Rex. Um, I'm trying to think of what the what do they call Garrus? Remember, he's like in the the oh. seedy part of the Citadel, and he's yeah. like he's like a hitman taking out crime lords. He's uh, self appointed. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but they, he has like a sort of a they call superhero. Him, they call him something really great. Yeah, you don't know it's Garrus uh, at first, and nobody. And when people when people from the past meet you, they can't believe that you're alive because they heard that you had you had died. Or in some cases, they were there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We saw you die, and they can't you can't possibly be alive. Yeah, um, Archangel. Garrus is called Archangel. Okay, so he he's, is a totally he's self-appointed. A, he's a, uh, what's the word? He's a vigilante. Yes. Yeah. Um, just taking people out. Yeah. And you go after him and then you go around the corner and he's like, oh, <laughs> hey, Shepard, just doing some calibrations. Uh, so you recruit that. him. And you were, yeah. what you're doing is you're recruiting this. this you're building an all-star team. Yes. And you get Miranda eventually and you want to 
yeah. get her loyalty. And so that was one of the things I didn't do the first time. I, the wrong, I, I pissed her off. <laughs> you cannot go back and get her loyalty once you've made her mad. Yeah, so you build a team of eight. It's uh, Jacob, Miranda, both human. Uh, a Solarian scientist named Morden Solis. Rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> Garrus Vicarian. Um, a escaped biotic experiment named Jack. And she's awesome. She's a mess. Um, <laughs> you say she's, mess, I say awesome. She's a mess. Um, uh, you admire her, but she's a mess. She's a wild. She's a loose cannon. Wait, you don't get Rex in Mass Effect Two. You get Grunt. You get Grunt. Mm-hmm. Rex, I, man. But Rex, know, Rex becomes. He's not a team member. No, he Rex is still around, but he becomes like the Ur. Mm-hmm. He goes to his planet and takes care of his people. He becomes like the leader of his yeah. people. Yeah. You, know, you get Grunt, who is a. Well, that's another story. Anyway. He's genetically engineered, and the Krogan don't accept him because mm-hmm. he was built. Right. Well, there's two factions. Well, well, there most two factions. The the, of, the Krogans right. that live on um oh no, what's their name? What's their home planet called? Tachanka. The the Krogans that live on Tachanka that are like the Krogans don't accept Grunt at all. Yeah. Which is why he comes he's with you because he's born, like his test tube baby. Yep. <laughs> he was engineered. Yeah. Um, and then you get Tali from the last game, um, Thane Krios, who's ooh, rest in peace. Um, and uh, sorry, Jessica named Samara, who's the same race of people as Leon. She is one beautiful, sexy woman. Yeah. So you, and, but she's and, another race, but she's very beautiful. And there's a point in the game where you can choose between her or getting her daughter, Morinth, mm-hmm. who's like a serial, like a serial killer. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, jumping the gun a little bit. I definitely let Samara kill Morinth. Yeah. Um, maybe wait. Yeah, she had she had to. Yeah, I think she, she had, had to. to yeah, because she her... was she was an Ardot Yakshi, yeah. mm-hmm. and she was like super powerful. All these we're nerdy just, words, we're guys. We're just talking like gibberish. If you have not <laughs> ever played this game, um, and <laughs> then the coolest character, for sure, in my opinion. So we talked about the Geth in the last game, and this I promise you, this podcast isn't just going to be a synopsis of this game. We'll actually talk about like you know yeah, our, our, our the way we interact it. with it. But one of the biggest issues in the game. Mass Effect in Mass Effect One were the Geth. They were hugely um, irritating mm-hmm. and always an issue, a persistent problem. They were like one of the main enemies you fought, and they are you a recruit semi sentient uh, robot. They're a hive minded robot race. Race, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you find one who is individual, right? He's separated from the hive mind. He still speaks in the we, hive speak. us mm-hmm. um, pronouns. Um, and so you call, he calls himself Legion. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And Legion is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, and Mass Effect 2 is all about his like development as a sentience into and he, and eventually he, saying the word I. Mm-hmm. And, and he ugh. wants you to help him. Save his race. He wants you to, yeah. He wants you to give the rest of the Geth true sentience, right? And so if they, they were disconnected from the hive, then they wouldn't be necessarily out to kill you yeah. because they're just responding to what they've been given. Yeah. Which, if you remember us talking last episode, or if you remember from the game, Tali's race built the Geth. The Geth destroyed their home world, made them flee. Mm-hmm. Tali's on your team. Legion's on your team. Mm-hmm. And there's some headbutting that happens there. Um, which had some catastrophic endings for somebody in this podcast. Um, but we'll get to that later. Um, 
So yeah, like this game starts with a bang, and all of a sudden you are hunting down these bug-like aliens called the Collectors that are that are essentially Roanoke islanding entire colonies. Like just, I don't know if that's a really vague reference. Roanoke Island is the place of colonists in real life that like disappeared. You know oh, this? guess I didn't even know that. Yeah, they mm-hmm. like it's like a whole colony of settlers, a whole colony of settlers that like. One day they were just all gone, and we still to this day don't know what happened to them. Hmm. Um, it's really weird, but yeah, yeah, the collectors are going around and collecting humans mm-hmm. and just like all all species, just like scooping them up and like leaving these completely. And derelict. we don't know what they're doing with them, do we? No, in the we beginning, have no idea. No. Um, so yeah, the elusive man tells you that your job is to go after them, and that they they live they stay on the other side of a relay called the Omega Four relay. Mm-hmm. Um, not to be mistaken, from which nobody has ever returned. Not to be mistaken with Omega Twos that you get from fish. Um, <laughs> it's Omega Four. It's it's a recently discovered relay from which no one has ever returned. Several pa- several ships have entered, but none have returned. Yeah, and they don't um, know why. So the whole game is about building a team and going after the collectors. That's the game in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, and and re- recruiting your team. Did you say that? Building a team. Yeah. Yep, you just said that. I did. Okay. <sighs> so. So okay, that's so, the we've set the table. Yeah, the tableau boy, is ever. the tableau is set. And and refreshing our mind. This was your first big game. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And and I gotta honestly say, the beginning was somewhat of a blur. Sure. Um, because it's a blur for me, and it was. Yeah. I was prepared. I right, thought, and so I thought. coming from no reference at all, being plunged into this universe and having no. Back history of playing games. Um, it it was it was pretty fascinating, overwhelming, fascinating, and you know as I said before, whenever I get to any difficulty, Ben would be in the next room. It's just like Ben, <laughs> and he would come and he'd grab the controller and he'd fight my way through that yeah. landscape, and then it'd give it back to me. And this went on pretty much right through to the end of the game, and I fought. And this and there was no co-op then. There was no co-op. There's still no co-op. Yeah. Not that never was just in the um, not the Crucible. <laughs> what is the multiplayer? That was Mass Effect Three. That was yeah, Effect Three. Okay. That was the so, that multiplayer was a yeah player versus environment yeah. PVE for PVE, yeah. for the elite speakers. Yeah. So anyway, um, so so yeah, so that's the way I was. That's the way I was plunged into the game world was by playing that game and um, uh, and I can honestly say the first playthrough probably was maybe 40-50% me and the rest was Ben, maybe a little bit higher till I got towards the end, but I played the ending, the last chapter all by myself. And I had to die and go back and die and go back and die and go back so many times. Partly because I didn't have my weapons leveled up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were shooting them with like super soakers and they were like, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, this was your first this was your your foray into games on a larger scale. Yeah. Um, and you've played this game three times now. Yeah. <laughs> so. So. <laughs> like, yeah, talk about it. Like, so, I want to know what kind of emotions tied to this. Like, how. I, I know we played music from this series before we started uh, uh, yes. uh, recording the first episode. And, uh, like, it was instant goosebumps for both of us.
Well, it, playing the game wasn't instantaneous. Um, I didn't instantaneously fall in love with it, but I was intrigued enough to really, you know, hang in there. I just remember Ben saying, Mom, this ship, wait till you see, you go down here and here's your galley and you go up here and here's your quarters or down here's your yeah, quarters. Yeah. And he shows you where all the different parts are of the ship and he goes, Oh, and you get a replacement. Your ship blows up in the beginning. Oh, but that's you right. get you an get updated it. replacement and it's very nice. And it's very, very It's very nice. good. Yes, it's very nice. So, um, I remember at the point at which I started zipping around, you know, going up and down the elevator and going into the different rooms and different quarters and interacting with different people. But it started to feel really intrinsic. And then it really did start to feel like, oh, you know, this is this is me. Yeah. This is me. I feel like you get to I pick am this out, person. You get to pick out like shepherds on board attire. And yeah. Yeah. Do, you do have that interaction. You get yeah. to like, oh, I'm, I'm going to walk around the ship in sweatpants and a hoodie. <laughs> Which that's, I never did. that's me. No, no I, never, I did never did that. But uh, you do, and then you pick up. There's also one with jeans and a leather, leather jacket, which I could never bring myself no, to do. No, that ahead. wouldn't Sorry. be me either. Um, but you do <laughs> go and talk to different people on your ship and get these loyalty missions. In order to win their loyalty, you have to go do a side mission. Yeah. Everybody on 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 board your ship that is part of your your uh, your it's loyalty team. Easily the best part of Mass Effect, too. Mm-hmm. Is the loyalty missions because mm-hmm. yeah. Mass Effect One didn't really have those. Yeah, and uh, so Mass Effect Two builds this mechanic where you, yeah, you recruit these eight people, but if you really want them to be in your corner, you really want and their loyalty. Why do you need their loyalty? Do you remember why? Oh yeah, because like you're gonna go on a suicide mission and you're gonna have to send them out to do stuff. Well, and, and also because you pick a squad every time you do a mission, you have to pick a squad. You pick two people. From yeah. your team. And you're, as you're building your team, of course, you use the initial people more and more and more because your t- team is yeah. building. But they can do diff- they can do different things for you once you've achieved loyalty. Yeah, they get their, like, loyalty ability. Yeah. But they... Yeah. Which is... I don't know. I guess, like, they didn't like you enough to use their most powerful attack. Right. Whatever. Yeah. They'll, they'll do what you ask, but they're not fully capable. They're holding back yes, a little bit. Until yeah. you've done... And if you, may, if you fail... Like the the like can you I, fail the loyalty missions? Well, I failed to get Miranda's loyalty. I don't remember how I did that. Well, did that. you fail the mission, or did you just like not ever engage with her? <laughs> no, I think I pissed her off one time. I gave her some. We were having an argument, and I did the wrong response. And that, folks, is what happens yeah, when you're playing. You're just done. A uh, yeah, decision based game like that. There's I loved, nothing yeah. I could do to get her to be my friend again. I ever. loved how how free it was doling out its punishment for not. Like, if you just messed up, it was like, yeah, no, this person's never so, going to trust nope, you. Nope. Completely. And that's another interesting side story, too, is Miranda and her sister. Oh, Miranda's story is really messed up. Yeah. That's really she's fucked up. She's really smart. She's really beautiful. She works for Cerberus. So it's a giant leap for you to trust her anyway. But yeah. But then you find out that she was an, uh, almost a test tube baby. She has a... A sister who wasn't, but she has been like yeah, biologically yeah. enhanced and uh, biotically and everything. And Cerberus pretty much owns her. And her father did that. Yeah, because He's... he wanted her to be as perfect as his first daughter. Mm-hmm. So so yes. messed up. So it's all messed up. So anyway, I forget what happens to her sister. I think that's how you get loyalty for Miranda. You go rescue her sister from her father so that he doesn't. Something her like that. Yeah, yeah, I forget. Anyway. It's... So, so the loyalty missions were, uh, man, so there's a lot of things that, like, the game itself could have, um, or the game itself did, that was like, yep, this is awesome, yep, this is awesome. Um, but there's something about those loyalty missions that just changed mm-hmm. the game. The whole and dynamic. I mean, like, 
Obviously. Yeah. But, like, the idea that they're not just players you recruit, they're players you recruit and then have to, like, earn their trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made side missions in that game matter. Yeah. Like, every other time you do an, play an RPG and you do a side mission, they're like... <sighs> yeah. Boy. And I'm going to go pick some flowers for somebody and then bring them back. Yeah. Or I'm going to go pick some flowers for some it's the yeah. same thing always yeah, yeah. and these these turn really and such tasks. diverse characters yeah oh my gosh i mean like someone like jack when you was, go back to the school that she or the, mm-hmm, the lab she the escaped prison. from mm-hmm. she's a prisoner <sighs> these kids are are uh pr- prisoners in a lab and they're doing experiments on them they really messed with their head and she's rough and some of these characters are hard edged and some have hearts of gold she doesn't she's just rough no, she's, and you just earn her loyalty, and she serves you. Yeah, she's a shit yeah. kicker. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I, so anyway, I was just thinking that that these um, uh, escapes into this game. If if you remember what was going on in my life at the time, my mom yeah. and dad had moved in with us. My mom was dying, and then a year later, my dad died. So for me to be able to just escape. Maybe grab a beer or a cup of coffee and just run upstairs for an hour and play yeah. these games and be in another universe. Yeah. You know, another... Just... This is before you had your own system, even. Yeah. You were playing Ben's. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, this was absolutely 100% not only... Escapism. Not only, like, fortuitousness. Mm-hmm. Fortuity. It's a word. <laughs> fortuitousness. You get a quarter for that one. <laughs> Yeah, it's not just like the fortuity of the situation, but like the the necessity of mm-hmm. it. Like this game landed in a spot for you where yeah. like you needed that escape, and not only was it just an escape, it was an escape that had emotional. Mm-hmm. Like you were already emotionally taxed, I and like re- being peace. able to take some of those emotional yeah. resources and put them into something else. Yeah, it, what a great way to say it. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was. To me, playing an hour of video games is better than taking a nap. When yeah. I get up from playing, and if you can stop yourself, if you go beyond a certain point, then it's going to be taxing. Yeah, well, it's just be... like a nap. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> if you nap for too long, you wake up and you feel <laughs> Two like... Two-hour nap, you might as well just stay in bed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It, 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 that plus going and sitting on the hammock and drinking a beer were the two things that I did to escape the uh, yeah. perpetual... Um, caregiving thing that I had going on in my life. But what a wonderful respite that was. Get to hang out with you and Ben. Yeah. And uh, and challenge myself to get better at something that, um, you know, I didn't have any resources for. I had to just <laughs> learn all new skills. And it wasn't just the role playing and that. It was just learning a whole new skill set. Yeah. And being dogged enough to hang in there until I, you know, was able to accomplish something. <laughs> yeah. Hey everybody, it's Caleb, one of your hosts, and I wanted to take a quick moment to step outside of the episode so that we could talk about our sponsor. This season of Procedural Generations is sponsored by Illustrious Vision. Are you in the need of a professional graphic designer but don't want to go to an expensive agency and you don't trust your friend to execute your vision? Then hire Illustrious to create and execute your design. With over 10 years of experience, Illustrious has designed everything from flyers, logos, restaurant branding, consumer products, billboards, vehicle wraps, and more. Not only do they have a professional touch, but a creative and fun approach to their graphics. If this sounds like something you would be interested in, call 314-517-1005 to get a free quote or visit www.illustriousvisions.com today. 
One more time, that's 314-517-1005 to get a free quote or visit www.illustriousvisions.com today. And that's all the time I'm going to take up. Enjoy the rest of the episode, and thanks so much for listening. So this game came out in 2010. Um, like we talked about, I said 2012 earlier. That was Mass Effect Three. I read the wrong date. Mm-hmm. This game came out in 2010. Um, wow. I was a freshman world. in college, <laughs> so like it lined up with you with you know what you had going on. For me, it was I went to college. Um, I didn't play it when it first came out, though. When did it come out in 2010? I don't think I played it when it first came out because Ben had played it already. Yeah, I don't remember the exact date it released. Um, January okay. 2010. So okay. I was still in high school when it came out. That's what. That's right. I was finishing Mass Effect 1 as I was finishing my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And I knew 2 was out. We mm-hmm. talked about this last yeah, episode. Yeah. I was just fact-checking to make sure I was right. Um, so yeah, I was finishing 1 when 2 came out. And then when I got to college, I, like the first amount of $40 I got, I bought... <laughs> Mass Effect 2 in like August of that year and like I was away from home I was with (laughs) Aaron Parseno if you're out there I know you're probably not listening to this podcast but my roommate at the time didn't say a single human actual word to me until Halloween because he thought it was funny (laughs) go to go to find out I come to find out he's a he was a super cool dude He's just eccentric and like really thought he would mess with me, and he did. And I've, I've had several times where I told Amanda, like, I think Aaron's gonna kill me in my sleep, <laughs> as a joke. But yeah, like one day he came in and picked up like a bottle of, of peppers he had on his desk and lo- answered it like a phone and said hello, and then just turned and stared at me for like three full seconds, slammed it down, and left the room for the rest of the night. I like. I was like, this is, uh, let's turn on Mass Effect so I feel safe. Like, uh, we find some uh, aliens. Yeah. Know. And so, like, this was in the process of me making new friends that I was playing this game and adding new mm-hmm. members to this team and then earning their loyalty. So it was all this, like, very, like, <laughs> it's just the way it lined up. Isn't it evocative, too? It takes you right back to that moment. Yeah. When you think about this game, like I said last time, it's kind of this, this parallel. Um, where we tell time by the games that we're playing. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like, it's weird how how concentric the circles are, mm-hmm. right? Of like, I'm in a new school. I don't. I, I feel like I'm in a different body. Shepard is in a different body. Yeah. Uh, I'm recruiting a team of soldiers yeah. in Mass Effect, and I'm, I'm like making friends. new friends, Aww. and I'm like earning these soldiers' <laughs> trust, and like I'm learning how to. I'm like earning these new friends. Like it was just like all of it was so. I want. I keep wanting to say serendipitous. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm going to say it anyway. Well, okay. Well, let's use that word. That's a good. <laughs> yeah, word. stop me. Um, <laughs> Somebody stop me. <laughs> Somebody stop me. P a r t y. Anyway, um, yeah. So like, oh, okay. it was just a good way to. I have to, escape. I have to, escape, I, escape, 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 escape. Sorry, sorry, no, you're fine. Go ahead, go ahead. Jump in, jump in, because we're going to run out of time here in a minute. Okay, right. so there's an aspect of <laughs> grinding in Mass Effect 2, and it's mining. 
So you oh, go. Oh, Mass Effect One had it too. Yeah, two oh, that's is right. like you go to different planets and launch probes, and you launch probes, and there's this little me- mechanic <laughs> that makes the planet spin, and you shoot your probes, and you've got to get a certain number of probes, and you've got to, and then and then it uh, you acquire all these minerals. I finished the game, and Mass Effect Three hadn't come out, and Ben goes, "Mom, what you doing?" Just mining. Mom, game's over. You can stop now. Oh, oh you just went back in to keep mining? Mining. I had like tens of thousands of tons of every mineral that the That's universe awesome. had to offer. He goes, no, Mom, you, you can stop now. Goes, don't, don't you think I'll be able to use it in the next game? Not. That's not how no, it works. No. <laughs> you can so, stop now. <laughs> there was a really funny mechanic built into that, too, because Edie was introduced in this game, and Edie was oh. um, an AI on the ship. And when you launched probes, she would say, you know, like you're on IO or something like that. She'd be like, launching probe to IO surface. She would say something each time you did it. Launch away. Uh, Probe launch, stuff like uh, that. Probe away, probe away. Um, And uh, there is a planet you can go to. In our solar system. (laughs) That has a funny name. Yes. And when, man, when you when you go and you launch a probe the first time, Edie goes seriously, Commander. <laughs> Doesn't say anything else. She just says seriously. <laughs> and then if you launch another one, she goes <sighs> probing Uranus. <laughs> One of the best. Oh, it's so oh. good. Who does Edie's voice? Um, Trisha Helfer, I think. Okay. Yeah. I think. I think. I think. I, I clicked on the thing that it's on the adorable. computer that said, "Here's how you find Edie," and, and this doesn't have Edie on it. And our um and our pilot, uh, Joker falls in love with her. <laughs> in the and first. Uh, I, oh wow! Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, he falls in love with her, and all they do is snark at each other, but they're falling in love. So yeah, cute. Yeah. Um, Edie's, Edie's the one that gives Legion his name. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of revealing. What? Yeah, the name is given by Edie based on the Gospel of Mark 5 9. Mm-hmm. Yep. I knew it was based on the Bible. The demoniac. Uh, uh, there's so many, they call themselves Legion. I remember that. Yep. Um, okay. Well, anyway, so uh, before the time is up, um, she's she's funny. She's uh, she she commands the ship, and people are frightened of her. They're doubtful of her. And she's an AI. Mm-hmm. She's just a. Are we? She's gonna... like Cortana. Yeah. In Master Chief's head, mm-hmm. like she pops up as a hologram. Right. And, and any, talks anywhere you are in the ship. She's accessible, but people are distrustful of her, and yet Shepard. Pretty much trusts her yeah, well, explicitly. The, the whole game is kind of cloaked in a in a series of a series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of cloaked in a blanket of distrust because you've been resurrected by Cerberus, right? This organization labeled as a terror organization, and then you find out that like the elusive man is not being completely honest with you, mm-hmm. and that. Miranda might have secrets from you as well because she works for them and she's in the upper echelons. Yeah. Jacob Taylor kind of comes across pretty quickly as like an honest dude. Yeah. Um, the the piece of hunk he's, you call him. He's um, <laughs> he's just such a straight shooter. He's so so straightforward and honest. Yeah. 
He's the soldier, right? Mm-hmm. And like every Mass Effect game has had the soldier. Garrus in the first game, Jacob in the second game. Garrus is in too, but his character develops. When does Jacob leave? Um, Do you remember? Jacob's not in. Jacob's not in Mass Effect Three. So he, but he leaves sometime in two. He goes to um, start a family or something. I forgot. I don't think he's all, there all the way through. Jacob is leaves. Jacob? This is a far stretch, but is Jacob? Uh, what's his name's dad from Mass Effect Andromeda? What's the black kid from Andromeda? Oh, I didn't do my research. I've forgotten. This is good podcast audio. Ooh, yo, yo, good yo. thinking. Okay. No, um, so there's a character in uh, Andromeda. Um, oh, would that be something? The guy that says Pathfinder, like Pathfinder. 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 What's that guy's name? I don't remember. Um, not Gil Brody. Alec. Liam. Liam, 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 Liam. Liam. Okay. His last name's Costa, so no, it's not. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. Yeah. So. Um, so anyway, the, he leaves. He leaves to go to go be a straight straight shooter, straight away kind of a soldier guy. Yeah. And um, I think he's just really tired of the duplicity working for Cerberus. He hated right. it. He never swallowed it. He uh, was glad you're alive. He was glad to serve you, us, you and me. But didn't like the um, just just hated. Cerberus and not knowing which side of the um, covers they were on, so to speak. Yeah, and so like there's a there's a lot of distrust going around, which mm-hmm. is which plays up to the whole like earning people's loyalty. Yeah, <laughs> is that like you're surrounded in a, you're you're surrounded wow. by the rumors and and unknown truths, and then you're like going out and making things sol- solidly mm-hmm. true with your crew. Um, but come on. Okay. This is the first game you got into. Yeah. You have got to give me more details oh. of your trials and tribulations. <gasps> what were some things that went wrong? When did you reload saves because decisions went bad? I can the only one I can think of right now was was uh with with Tolly. That's the only one that's yeah. really really huge. So I just did not want to um to lose her. But um I think more than anything, Ben or Ben. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, not yeah that's gonna happen again. Also, think... the whole tally thing is Mass Effect Three, by the way. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. Yeah, the thing that happened to you that I was like, "What? Fix this." That was, was three? Mass Effect Three. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, never mind. Well, I re- I wish to, I could go back and and replay. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's pointing at the computer screen. Okay. Um, I wished I had been able to. Um, you know, as I mentioned multiple times um, secure uh, Miranda's loyalty that frustrated me no end but I can't actually remember I, but when I think back about playing that game this is what I think I feel I'm in this kind of warm environment really it was just completely totally disarray because it was Ben's bedroom but I only came in and I sat either in the beanbag which was in your room or Ben's uh, futon and yep. I was just me and the TV and you guys kind of in this just kind of this warm miasma of a universe all around me. <laughs> uh, that to me is the most comforting thought. Yeah. And and like I said, just being you know being able to step outside of my world. I do remember Tim Dad Dad being jealous at first. Oh yeah. 
Being yeah, really jealous this is when of my first time. got into games yep. and like we were stealing you for hours yeah, at a time. Yeah. And I remember a couple of times he'd kind of walk in the room and put his hand in front of my face or uh-huh. like it's just a dumb game. He was right? snotty about it. He but was snotty about it. I think he eventually became really proud of me because I worked really hard at it yeah. and I achieved a level and then I think he finally came to believe how um truly immersive and fascinating. Yeah. These games can be. There's always going to be that moment of playing through Assassin's Creed Unity in Versailles and finding his house. That was just like, as he sat down while we ran through like 1800s Versailles and he was like, there. That's the house I lived in. Right there. On that street. The Moudet. He recognized recognized the store underneath. And I was like, that, okay." okay. And like, Walked, looked around, and he was like, "Yep, that's the that was 1700s France, and he lived there in 1960. It was 1860s. Yeah, France. and he yeah. lived there in 1960, maybe. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, same, um, same thing. You know, he also probably got used to you playing because your playtime became his nap time. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, you were like, eventually he was okay yeah, with it. I was yeah, like, yeah, because he realized he could take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so we um we had moved to St. Louis and I'm playing PUBG and the first time we ever got a full squad victory and we all were all screaming and yelling and then he walks into the room and he goes Is everything okay <laughs> his eyes are blinking he's like oh I'm so sorry Tim. oh sorry yeah I just won my game I'm sure he, he was ecstatic but he had been sleeping long enough so. But that was so funny. You just keep walking. You okay? <laughs> anything? Anything wrong? Oh no, we no. just want chicken dinner. <laughs> First time we'd won a full squad. Um. <laughs> His response was good. That means I don't have to make you a dinner now. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> that would have been funny though. Um, um. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the mood that was tied up in it. Mm-hmm. And then the stories we would share yeah. because, like, like you say, each of us playing different. Yeah. Choices with our characters. And, and and maybe this is being, um, we have to kind of circle back to the beginning. If you haven't played the Mass Effect, the morality-based choices that you make, building yeah. up your character, either virtuous or renegade, paragon or renegade, and having that determine your outcome of, of your loyalty missions and... And your appearance. And mm-hmm. If you were super renegade, Shepard never really recovered from the... Procedure, and he had like the cracking in his face and like orange glowing eyes because he was rebuilt. Is that right? Oh yeah. Did you ever play it that way? No, but I've uh, seen pictures. He I... looks like gar. He or she look yeah. like garbage. Because um, the end, if point... you're playing the evil side, yeah, there is a point at which you go down to the the doctor's um, lab and have her do some repairs. But yeah, Doctor Chakas can yeah. do like the rest. Yeah, she can like, all right, it's all gone. Mm-hmm. Or moving scars, leave it. Or, yeah. yeah, and I did the remove scars, but I also played full Paragon. There's nothing I did bad in those yeah. games. Well, that's not true. Um, I sure did the second time around. A lot, a lot more no nonsense. It's just like yeah, whatever. Yeah, and Mass Effect Three really re- redesigned that. Yeah, where yeah. like renegade options were just like, no, I'm not putting up with this. Right. Instead of like, I'm going to be an asshole. They were like, right. no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, it's just I, I did renegade once in Mass Effect Two to like a Krogan. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, I wonder what it's like. It's and I felt so bad. I re- I was like, oh my god, no, I can't do I will that. Never that's so do that mean. Again. Yeah, um, but in that's how effect- I feel playing Red Dead. Sorry, that's exactly how I feel playing Red Dead. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's, all right, that's understandable. Yeah, that's exactly my feeling. It's like, okay, this is 
All right, I mean, I mean, it's, I know it's not really. See, this mean, is why you don't. Way. This is why you don't like Red Dead is because you think all it's your really decisions mean. are up to you and based on who you are, right? Right. That's the whole point of Mass Effect. Understanding was. Mass Effect was yes. like, no, don't do what the game wants you to do. Do what you would do. Uh-huh. Red Dead is not that at all. Okay. Red Dead's telling you a story about a character who is not you. Okay. That's probably your dis- exactly that's probably right. your, your divide. You're exactly right. I cannot. You're like, I would divorce. never do that. And I'm like, Be- you, you're not. It it's, gives you it's, choices, it's though. It's Morgan. It's Arthur. I know. He, it gives you choices. Do I beat him up or do I just scare him? Yeah. Event. Yeah. You can just so scare him. it does give you choices. Yeah, but it doesn't let you do or not do bad things. All right. Um, until the end when you actually so you're gonna be bad or just not quite as bad exactly okay until he has a character change we 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 figured it out we, we did. did yeah I it, it was like crystal clear in an all, instant all like, of the oh. beginning was like I don't know what the game wants me to do and everybody's yelling at me no do what you want to do it's you yeah and you game. put in Red Dead and there you were like no game I'm doing what I want to do it's my I'm Arthur no you're not no Arthur's Arthur homie Arthur Arthur okay Arthur, 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 Arthur. Arthur, Arthur. So. Okay. okay. Man, what yeah. else? Hmm? What else about Mass Effect did we commiserate or rejoice about? Well, I wanted to have a romance, but I was too late. Oh, well, no, that wasn't even. So if you tried to romance Caden, that's another thing I meant to bring up. That you don't get a chance. You show up on that first place mm-hmm. that the collectors are attacking in the beginning of the game. And whoever you had survive, Caden mm-hmm. or Ashley, is there. Yeah. And they're like, nope. Nope. I saw you die. Mm-hmm. And now you're working with Cerberus? Mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with it. And they are gone the rest of the game. Right. They yeah. just disappear. Yep. Um, who, so was the, just, who was the guy down in the um, armory? Gil? Is it Gil? He's always doing pull-ups. <laughs> oh, no. That's the dude from 3. <laughs> Yes, I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. That's so the that's the big that's the big old tattooed guy that's yeah. got a Hispanic name mm-hmm. like Vasquez he's or something kind of like that. He's a meathead. Oh yeah, he's yeah. voiced by Freddie Prince Jr., which <laughs> is hilarious. What's okay. that guy's name? Sorry, we shouldn't jump ahead. That's no, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, My microphone is so pointed when I turn away to look at the screen, I sound like I'm shouting down the hall. Yeah, it is very directional. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going down to the other end of the house to look up. Yeah, uh, James Vega, James not Vasquez Vega. Vega. You just called him Vega, he and he's was, gay. No, he? no, Gil, Gil, the uh, the the dropship pilot was gay. That's right. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, I'm getting my games mixed up. I mean, I mean, Vega could be. There you go. There he is. <laughs> Massive, <laughs> and he's voiced by this guy. <laughs> oh my god, um, how funny is that? So like Vega could be this gay. His expression is the same, but not yeah. his physique. So Vega could be gay if you were a male shepherd wanted to romance him. But yeah. I don't think that they decided for him mm-hmm. outside of he that. He wasn't except, predetermined. Except in the Mass Effect Citadel DLC. We'll come back to that. That's yeah. the, the Citadel where you have the big old party with mm-hmm. all the people, mm-hmm. which is the actual end of the game for me, but whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we're talking about Mass Effect I, now. And I can honestly say more so in retrospect than at the time. I was still in the total learning phase, um, getting more and more and more engrossed. So when you want me to go back and have described to you, you know, these deep emotional resonances that I had with the game, yeah. I don't think they were really 
that much there yet, but it was building. Sure. It and like, was building. And you don't then, realize how much you're going to appreciate it, something until... Exactly. Until I got through to the next... Y'all, <laughs> we are looking at screenshots of James, Shirt, James, shirtless, shirtless James Vega. <laughs> <laughs> He's a... <laughs> <laughs> he works out, dude. The big old piece of hunk. <laughs> yeah, I think was the word you used. Gorgeous hunka, whatever. Anyway, chunka, um, chunka, chunka, hunka. <laughs> That's what you said. You called Taylor Jacob a chunka hunk, <laughs> didn't you? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have you to said, go back and listen to it again. Oh man, or not? Because <laughs> oh, I don't no. need to hear that again. <laughs> You're gonna when you edit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. I'm just not editing this episode. <laughs> You're getting all of it. All right. Okay, well, why don't we just let let wrap that up? Because I keep referring to three more than two. So why don't we just yeah, let that we'll talk be about, that? We'll talk about three next episode. Okay. All yeah. right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed listening. Yeah, it's sorry, been fun. If, sorry if we ramble, but yeah. not sorry. Cause it's sorry, but not sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and we said it's going to be serialized and, and purposeful and all that, but it's going to be, it's not going to be linear. It's going to be... Backwards and forwards and flash forwards oh, yeah, and flash yeah. sideways and flash. Maybe we should do that next season when we do the Halo and Destiny mm-hmm. games. We should just talk about them openly. Right. Like, just do four episodes Open on Halo world. and talk about any of them. Oh my God. <laughs> Free roam. Free word association. Go. Free roam. Open. Open world. <laughs> Open uh, season. Uh, seasoned bacon. Uh. <laughs> Spicy. Okay. What? <laughs> We're eight minutes that's over. Our, that's our new sign-off, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Spicy. Spicy. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Bye. See you guys next episode. <laughs>